0: Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 19 of Sodom and I. So today we're going to be in the book of Samuel, or well, 1 Samuel. We're going to be talking about Samuel today. So this website I'm on is uh, Britannica. And basically, this is just going to give us like an overview of of an account of his life and then i'm just gonna read uh pieces from chapters one through three of first samuel just giving you like the beginning of the prelude to his birth and then like him as a young boy i guess Mm -hmm. so samuel religious hero in the history of israel represented in the old testament in every role of leadership open to a Jewish man of his day, seer, priest, judge, prophet, and military leader. His great distinction was his role or his greatest distinction was his role in the establishment of the monarchy in Israel. Now biblical accounts of his life. <clears throat> Samuel, the son of Elkanah, and Hannah was in, he was born in the answer to the prayer of his previously childless mother, which we're going to read about. In gratitude, she dedicated him to the service of the chief sanctuary of Shiloh in charge of the priest Eli. As a boy, Samuel received a divine oracle in which the fall of the house of Eli was predicted. 1 Samuel chapters 1 through 3. And he became an adult. Samuel inspired Israel to a great victory over the Philistines at Ebenezer. The proposal of the elders of Israel to install a king was in, was indignant. Uh, yeah, indignantly. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I thought I said it the wrong way the first time. Indignantly rejected by Samuel as infidelity to Yahweh, the God of Israel. By the revelation of Yahweh, however, he anointed King Saul and installed him, yeah, before all of Israel. Saul was vindicated as king by his leadership of Israel in a campaign against the Ammonites. After this, Samuel retired from the leadership of Israel. He reappeared, however, to announce the oracle of Yahweh rejecting Saul as king. Once for arrogating himself to the right of sacrifice, and a second time for failing to carry out the law of the ban, a primitive institution by which persons or objects were devoted to the deity, normally by destruction. Against the Amalekites, by the oracle of Yahweh, Samuel secretly uh, anointed David as king, Then he faded into the background, reappearing at the sanctuary of Naoith. Mm -hmm. In chapter 19, he died, and his ghost was evoked by a necromancer or sorceress at the request of Saul. He then announced a third time the rejection of Saul. Mm -hmm. Right, so now let's get into reading chapter. So 1 Samuel chapter 1, the birth of Samuel. There was a certain man uh, from the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tahu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, one called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Oh, they were priests. For some reason, I skipped over this one sentence that made everything else make sense <laughs> about those two. They were priests of the Lord, two sons of Eli. Whenever the day for Elcano. Uh, came to sac, you know, for them to sacrifice. He would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he would give a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Her rival kept poking her, or provoking her, in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord. Her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. That's so mean. (sighs) That's so mean. I feel bad for Hannah. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, excuse me, Hmm. if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord For all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may God, may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went on her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they rose and worshipped before the Lord, and they went back to their home. They, uh, they went home, and uh, the Lord remembered her, and they did what people do to make babies, it says in the Bible right here. And Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named, San- she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Hannah dedicates him. So basically, you know, Hannah, uh they went up on the hill for the to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill you know, his vow. So, uh alright, I'm too ahead. I'm trying to summarize it and I skipped the part. Let me just read what the Bible said on. Mm-hmm. When her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah said to her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word." So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with the three-year-old bull, an Epha, of flower, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli. She said to him, Pardon me, Lord. As surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord, for his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. He worshiped the Lord there. Mm-hmm. Chapter 2, Hannah's Prayer. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to highlight all this stuff, actually. Let me open up my Bible. First Samuel 174. Mm-mm. I hope you all had a good day today. Feeling a little. A tired, but that's all right. Mhm. All right, and this is chapter two. All right, I'm gonna read verse two, starting in uh... a <clears throat> King James version. Give me a second. Let me highlight what is important to me. My mouth is in- enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, and neither is there any rock like our God. Mm -hmm. Talk no more, so exceeding proudly, and let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bowels of the mighty men, are broken, and they that stumbled are guided with strength. On verse 5, verse 5, good job. They, yeah, they that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath both born seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive, he bringeth down to the grave, and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor, and maketh rich, and he bringeth low, and lifteth up. He raised up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be in silent or shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, out of the heaven. Yet yeah, out of heaven he, shall he thunder upon him. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horns of his anointed. And that was 10. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. So now Samuel is living in a church with Eli the priest. Eli's wicked sons, going back to NIV, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. Now it was the practice of the priests that, whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled and would plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or or cauldron or pot. Whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But even before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest, yeah, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. If the person said to him, let the fat be burned first and then take whatever you want, the servant would answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. This sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, highlight verse 17 in orange. Mm-hmm. It was very great for the Lord, for men. Aboard the offering. Aboard the offering of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they will go home, and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing. all Israel, and to how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of the meeting day. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, I report, I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Prophecy against the house of Eli. Now a man of God came to Eli and said, This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your ancestors' family when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? I chose your ancestor out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your ancestors' family all the food offsprings presented by the Israelites. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel? Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promise that members of your family would minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise, yeah, those who despise me will be disdained. The time is coming when I will cut short your strength and the strength of your priestly house, so that no one in it will reach old age, and you will see distress in my dwelling. Although good will be done to Israel, no one in your family line will ever reach old age. Every one of you that I do not cut off from serving at my altar, I will spare only to destroy your sight and sap your strength, and all your descendants will die in the prime of life. Day. And what happens to your two sons, Hophni and Phineas, will be assigned to you. They will both die on the same day. I will rise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according, yeah, who will do according, to what is in my heart and mine. I will firmly establish his priestly house and they will minister before my anointed one always. And everyone left in your family line will come and bow down before him for a piece of silver and a loaf of bread and plead, appoint me to some priestly office so I can have food to eat. Mm. Hmm. The Lord calls Samuel. Boy, Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. You called me? I wish there was a question mark at the end of that. <laughs> My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The third time the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am. He called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down at his place. The Lord came and stood there calling, (laughs) calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And now pause right now. Samuel is 12. He's very young. He's still he's literally still just a child. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain him. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you. Be it ever so severely if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Amen. Alright, now it's chapter three. So what are some things that we could take from the book of Samuel before I go on to our whispers of wisdom? I think one of the first things is uh trusting God, because the the very start of this begins with uh, Samuel's mother having a hard time uh, having kids. You know, and that's a, that's a, a a repeated, well, what, what am I looking for? It's a recurring, um, I'm going to start you up. What's the What's the actual name of recurring melody? Recurring melody. Google. I typed in recurring Google. Lord. Why did I even type in Google? Oh my goodness, I'm old. <laughs> Y'all, earlier I was talking to my roommates, <laughs> and today is the first day of class I think for FSU and FAMU. I don't I don't know much about FAMU people, but I think I think FAMU as well. And I meant to ask them, uh, you know, about their syllabus, and I said itinerary. Oh my god. <laughs> that cracked me up so bad she was like are you talking about this syllabus i was like oh my gosh i sound so old (laughs) i'm not even old (laughs) that cracked me up earlier oh my goodness recurring melody please a motif a motif i'm literally a musician and that word escapes my brain that seems to be a, a a similar motif. God grants like the 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 prayers, like He answers the prayers of women who have really hard times, uh, like getting pregnant and stuff, or like it takes a really long time for them to give birth, and then uh, or let me not say really long time, let me just say they had issues giving birth or uh, conceiving, cause that's what happened with uh John's. The John the Baptist, his mom, his mom was well into the night, her nineties, right? Uh, happened with Sarah. Um, you know, just the the all that happens for a reason. So I, I that's something that I noticed. I should look up all of the stories in the Bible where uh, people have issues conceiving. Since I myself had, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to keep having those issues, but I have had, you know, that issue. So I should look into that. I definitely will. Like I, I think I said it yesterday, if you see it more than once, you should probably look into it. I've seen that stuff. I've definitely seen it more than one time and heard about these different stories more than one time. And pastor specifically spoke about Hannah before. So that's why I even looked up this story but yeah. So there's a uh, trust in God. You know, she prayed, even though she was getting bullied, and, you know, the other wife of her husband was poking at her, and, you know, really, that's, that's some hard stuff to bully somebody about, man. She's already beating herself up about it, but that none of that mattered, because not only did God give her a son, God gave her five more children after Samuel because she dedicated Samuel to the church. She dedicated him to God. So that was uh, the first one. The second one is uh, whatever the Lord giveth, he can take away. Because he said it, you know, in the in chapter two. It was in chapter two. Yeah. In chapter two. You know, they, it, he said, you know, I blessed uh, his ancestors. I blessed your ancestors, but now I say all that does not matter anymore. No one in your tree, no one in your family tree will grow old. And the best, basically, the best people who come from your family line, uh, the best they'll get is bad eyesight and they will be weak and they'll die in their prime. You know, whatever he giveth he could take away. I think that was one of uh Israel's uh downfall. Or, you know, at different points in time. Like they um Lord remind me, remind me, please, Father. There we go. They got stuck in their ways. You know, they they got really uh fastened in one way of thinking and god was like i'm trying to switch stuff up and you guys are resisting me and now you're you know you're you're messing up the plans you're supposed to be ever changing humans are ever changing god is not god does not change the same god that is helping me out is the same god that helped the people write these books thousands of years ago these are real accounts you know so number one, trust in God, be patient. Number two, whatever he gives, he can take away. Number three, it does not matter how old you are or who you are or what you go through. God can talk to you. He called He called Samuel at the age of 12. 12! I'm 23. I'm nearly double his age right now. And some of you guys who are listening to this, could be older than I am. Could you imagine God calling you at the age of 12? A lot of us don't even want to be obedient to him now. A lot of us are having a hard time doing everything he says now. Being grown adults. Imagine being a child. He's, he dedicated his whole life to God. And that's because that's what God wanted him to do. He said in uh, in chapter 3. was it it might have been chapter two still that he'll uh choose him he'll choose another priest and uh there we go yeah it is chapter two and i'll raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind and i will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever Him referring to Samuel. And Samuel is literally already there. Right. Another thing we can take from this is listen to God. Be obedient. Show obedience and you will be rewarded. God said that he's going to multiply the house of that new priest. He's going to be fruitful in his house. They're going to have a lot of kids. You know. You, you'll be rewarded for your obedience. It's not like you're just living life and. I mean, honestly, it really shouldn't matter if you're just doing it to do it because it's God you're doing it for, it's not man. Woo! That's another way to look through the world. Whenever you're doing something for somebody, don't do it like you're doing it for them. Do it like you're doing it for God. And then He gets the glory because you're doing it for Him. And it makes everything that much more bearable. If you're having a hard day at work, if you're helping somebody out that you didn't really want to help out, but you're doing it now. uh, (laughs) Very specific, but not like ultra specific. Don't act like you're doing it for them, because then you're going to get tired easily. Say that you're doing it for God, because you could be working, you know, he could be working through you for them you know, and then vice versa. So always take it with open arms. With that being said, we're going to close up the Bible. And then we're going to open up our 365 Daily Whispers of Wisdom devotional. All right. Day three, day seven, day eight. Let's do day nine. Practicing your part. Mhm. How many objects are used to tell the story the house that Jack built? When you do a math assignment, notice the parts of your body you use. Your eyes read the problem. Your mind figures out the solution, and your hands hold your hand holds the pencil to write down the answer. Wow. At least 3 parts spring into action. Each one contributes to getting the job done. None of them can proudly say it can handle the task by itself. God uses every part of his family, the body of Christ, to do his work. As each uh, royal uh, subject does the job God assigns them, the work will get done if all the parts work together that is. Your part may be to cheer others up when they're down. Another princess may be, ah, dang it, another uh, royal uh, member, royal court member, may befriend the new girl, the new person in your class at school. Still another may pray for US troops in service overseas. Which will you pitch in as the eye, the mind, or the hand to do God's next assignment? Way to go! Keep practicing your part. Whisper of wisdom, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. And this is day 9. How funny is that, that I was literally just saying, you know, he could be working through you to help someone else or vice versa. And then he says it. Thank you, Lord. I learned that that's called confirmation. And when God gives you confirmation, that means you're doing the right thing. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please keep directing me and giving me wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I will uh move accordingly. So, thank you guys. I always appreciate you taking the time to listen to my voice since you can't see my face. Speaking of you not being able to see me, I colored my hair today. I bleached it by myself for my, you know, this is the first time me bleaching my own hair for the first time, for the first time. Yes, I said that twice. Uh, for the first time. Let's just make it 3. <laughs> This is, you know, bleaching myself on my own without anyone, you know, applying it for me or anything. So really making sure I get all that saturation. But my hair is a nice ginger that I definitely always love for it to be in my little corner eyebrow. So I feel like a cutie pie, as I always am. (laughs) But I just want to share that with you guys because it makes me happy. I like to be artistic. And now someone can ask me about, oh, my gosh, who did your hair. And I'll be like, oh, I have their business card. And then I'm going to hand them one of my business cards. (laughs) I feel like that's a really solid plan. (laughs) But, yeah, you guys have a great night. Thank you for the support. Sleep tight. Keep praying. And get a Bible. I love ya.